0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time to talk some hoops. Bits oh. down the lane and throws it down with two hands. Let's talk about the team chasing a championship in 2020. Giannis
1: steal.
0: Giannis all the way. It's the Milwaukee Basketball Hour.
1: Stephenson to LeBron. Slam. With Bill Michaels and former Milwaukee Buck and Marquette sharpshooter, Steve Novak. Shoots the three at the
0: board and he banked it in. Loaded
1: up for another three, got it. Welcome, we are glad to have you. We are broadcasting live down here at uh, Good City Brewing. I'm Bill Michaels alongside Steve Novak. It is the Milwaukee Basketball Hour. Presented by our friends at Hupy and Abraham. If you want to come down right across from the Five CERT Forum, come on by. It's a packed house. We are looking for Pat Connaughton to come walking through the door at any point in time. And uh, this is uh, my first basketball show of the season, so I was a little bit late in grabbing a headset. I forgot we started a little early. Come on, get with the team. Steve Novak alongside. How you been, buddy?
2: I've been good. This, this team's very good.
1: Uh, been rolling. This team's rolling, man. Uh, I had uh, Budenholzer, Coach Bud, on today. And uh, I asked him what he learned from last year to this year. And he said he didn't really learn a lot of different things. He uh, he learned that uh, this group of guys, as they put them together, have championship mentality. The medal has changed from a team that was trying to get to an Eastern Conference final to a team that believes they can win it all. And that he said it's now, it went from get there to championship medal. And you're with him more than I am. Do you see the mentality change in this team?
2: Absolutely. And, and just think about think about the growth, because some people were saying, so what's the biggest difference? How did this team make a jump from last year, losing in the Eastern Conference Finals to this season? How are they going to be better? How are they going to make that jump? And I think you just think about that experience alone that they had against the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals, and if you don't think just experiencing that has helped them become a better team, along with the fact that they made offseason moves and got better, they got some more three-point shooting along with Giannis's growth, three-point shooting, but I mean, I really do. I think that when you look at how Giannis has improved, and you're talking about the MVP of the league, yeah. that alone is dramatic. So they've made a jump there, and, and so I do. I think the mentality of these guys is, is so unique. The fact that they are the veteran group that they are, I think, has showed up with their consistency again this season. So it's fun to watch.
1: It is. Uh, it's not only fun to watch. It, it, somebody had said, I was watching one of the NBA shows, and they said... The Bucs are beating people so bad. They got the largest point differential in the entire NBA. The next closest team is the Lakers. The Lakers are beating teams by eight points per game. The Bucks are beating teams by 12 plus. And, and one of the things that they said was the Bucs have gone from a struggling team to boring because they're just trouncing people at this point. <laughs> And, and I, you know, I hearken back to the, the, the Jordan Bulls when they were going for 72 and what they were doing in, in Golden State not too long ago and going for the, for the win record. At what point do, and you and I talked about this the other day, at what point do you think, okay, you want to win, but then there's going to be load management and how you're
2: winning. And you know what I mean? It, because yeah. they're just, they're dusting people, man. No, they are. When you have the highest point differential, like you said, almost 13 points a game you're winning by in NBA history. Yeah. I mean, the truth is the load management is, is becoming built in, which is kind of crazy to watch. When you see Giannis playing the lowest minutes he's almost played since his, almost in his career, but I think since his rookie year, Chris Middleton, the lowest minutes he's played since his rookie year, yet the production is up. And so you look at the efficiency for these guys, and you realize because they're so efficient, they're, they're crushing teams, and they're being able to sit in the fourth quarter. And then you look at stretches of time where we just saw Giannis play one game in 11 days because there was the Chicago game that, the Bucks played. Then there was the, the travel time to go to Paris. They had like three days. He right. played the game in Paris. Then there was three more days on the way back. He did not play against Washington and then played didn't play till the following game against Denver. So not only is he playing lower minutes, but he's playing one game in a stretch of eleven days. And so I think when it comes to the end of the season and playoffs and really being ready, you think about how Kawhi Leonard managed last season where he was basically playing every other game, taking time off. The Bucks are playing so well. It's almost built into the season. They're resting in the fourth quarters, and Giannis is finding stretches where he can be fresh for late in the year. It has been fun to watch for for a number of reasons. Obviously, they're getting wins.
1: It's not boring by any stretch. But in addition to that, it has been um, it, it's been a lot of role guys that understand their role. And when when I talked to Coach Bud about that today, he said, "Look, it, nobody is here." To garner stats and and worry about all the other stuff. He said it's just this is a team that just bought into winning, that just wants to win. They want to win together. You've got families and brothers. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just everybody just wants to win. And 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 you don't usually see a lot of that in the NBA. Look at what's going on in Houston where guys want their stats. Look at what goes on out in LA where you fall in line behind LeBron, but guys wanna guys wanna shine and get out from underneath that shadow. Here,
2: they just wanna win. No, and you can see it. On The court, like you're saying, I think the, the cool thing to me is, is my mom used to say to me when I was playing in college, she would say, Steve, actually, she would say, Steven, yes, who are the guys that I should be cheering for? And at the time, you know, I'm like, what you know, I don't know, the guys who score the most points, I don't know, but she wanted to know who the good guys were, who the guys were that worked, right? Who were the nice guys who loved their parents, who were the ones that my mom should cheer for, right? And when I think about this Milwaukee Bucks team, it really is, it's full of guys like that that you're happy to see do well, that you want to watch. If they were to leave the Milwaukee Bucks and go play somewhere else, you have that personal interest because they're good guys, they're in the community, they're veteran guys, that you know their story from some of their stops in the past. And when you see them on a group like this, I think it just, it, its all of them are magnified by each other with their unselfish play, with their basketball IQ, with being able to buy into a system. And the fact that they're veterans, I mean, I think all that is showing up this season. When you're 50 games in and you've only lost seven times, i think it does speak to more than just offense and defense there's character and there's friendship and there's you know enjoying playing together
1: we obviously have a good crowd down here at good city brewing if you want to come down and say hi by all means do so the award-winning local craft brewery here with restaurants and event spaces located on the east side and in the heart of the deer district Come by good city brewing crafts and unique milwaukee experiences centered around fresh local beer and food perfect place to spend your spare time cheering on the home team. Um, I, I wanted to come back and ask you uh, about uh, guys like DiVincenzo, guys that are role players, guys Bledsoe's a guy that's having a tremendous season, and we talked with Coach Bud about that today. Is he ready to take that next step? And then do you tinker with this team as we are now at the trade deadline, you yeah, know? Because yeah. you got a lot of guys that say, I'm buying in, I'll do what you need me to do. Part of me says don't mess with it." Yeah. you know?
2: No, look, when you, like we just said, have played 50 games and you've only lost seven, there's obviously no, no dramatic need that the Bucks need to go out and, and change. But a big part of that is, like you just said, Dante DiVincenzo, to have a guy like that who, you know, really, the, he played last year, but it was tough to get to know who he really was, what he was capable of as a rookie. He's healthy this year. He's now started 20 games in place of Chris Middleton when he was injured, Eric Bledsoe when he was injured. And I'm not making this that up. When you look at individual net rating, which looks at a guy's offensive rating when he's on the court, how efficient he is offensively, how he scores the ball and how many touches he has it, and defensively, the job he does on his man while he's guarding him and while he's on the court, Dante DiVincenzo is the number one net rated player in the entire league, just ahead of Giannis Tennecumpo So that we're, you're talking about a guy that really is a bench player for the Milwaukee Bucks, and he has a number one net rating having that big an impact. It helps being on a really good team with the supporting cast and the, those guys around him. But you're talking about a guy in his second year that you went, I hope Dante has a good year. Right Now you're talking about the number one categorized guy in a lot of important Especially areas Especially
1: coming off of a year in which he was injured from yeah. last year. I mean, he just started to get it going. He started a few games, lost some of his minutes, and then got hurt. And then comes back this year and just what everybody was hoping for, plus some I think he's given them, right? Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, I think for a young guy like that to, to, to fit into this system as quickly as he has is what's been the best part to see. You know, because a guy can come in as a young guy and be talented and be a really good three-point shooter or be a really good defender, but he's basically been able to be plugged into the starter, the starting role at, at, for 20 games of the 50 so far and be defense first, which is what Coach Bud coaches, which is beautiful. And, and the stroke that guy's got on him, too. Yeah, I think we're just starting to see that he can really, really shoot the ball.
1: I really like last week, I was listening to the show when I was down in Miami, and I like what Kyle Korver had to say about Giannis and um, the fact that Giannis is, he's trying to get Giannis to be more superstar. Take some of the falls and throw himself to the ground and, you know, and, and get to the free throw line a little more often and
2: Giannis doesn't want to do it. Does Giannis feel he's cheating if he does that? (laughs) I think so. You know? I I think you're right. And and Giannis even came out and said something like that. Like He understands that when there's been preseason meetings with the referees and you raise your hand and you say, I have a question. So I have a question about charges. In order to get a charge call, I have to stand in front of the offensive player who is running at me and I have to get hit solid in the chest and I have to fall down, right? And the referees who do the preseason meetings with us say yes. And we would ask the question, so if I stand in front of the guy and he runs me over right through my chest and I man up and I lean into him and I don't fall, is it still a charge? And they kind of, the referees would go, uh, no, you got to fall. And so I think that's why a charge is tricky. That's why flopping is kind of a weird thing. And that's yeah. why Giannis, that's not his game. He is not a guy who's going to throw his head back and make it look like European soccer at times. Right. He's out there to make a point in every play by being a man, by being stronger, by getting to his space. And so falling on a charge or flopping yeah. offensively it just doesn't go along with him or his game and i think he's going to essentially not get some calls he should get but i think the guys he's going against are going to feel the strength and know that Giannis is just going to keep on coming at you one of the things that
1: i find exciting and I, I i gotta admit i'm like a lot of fans i can't wait for the postseason to get here but one of the things that i find exciting about this postseason is last year when you got to the eastern conference finals it was Giannis dip the shoulder, try to go, and they collapse on him. And everybody struggled. This year, I think he's got enough around him that he can kick it out. Whether it's Kyle Ker- Korver, DiVincenzo, middleton I mean, everybody's got a role. Everybody's got something that, that, that takes them to another level. But it's just like one or two pieces. I and mean, I remember last year, even though they lost that game here at the Five-Serve Forum, George Hill came in and stemmed the tie. I think there's a lot of guys that are good role players that Giannis doesn't have to feel like he has to carry the load.
2: You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, then you, and you, when you're referencing last year compared to this year, I mean, just think about this. The Bucs in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Toronto Raptors last season are up two games to, to zero. They go to Toronto, and they lose in overtime. Just think about, like you're saying, that little bit more and you know where that comes from or if that's even realistic to, to say that, to get them to 3-0 and o in the Eastern Conference Finals against Toronto, history says that series was over if they win that game yeah. and i do think like you're saying when you looked at back at that series and the, and the biggest thing as a whole not just the first two or three games but as a whole that could really help this team improve is those other guys really being able to step up in big moments that have been there before and it comes to what comes to my mind the first name honestly is what you just said kyle korver although he's not going to be the sexiest guy in the regular season and give right. you 25 points but if he can give you some big time buckets draw attention. Knocked down some big shots. He's been there before. Along with Giannis's improved three-point shooting, yeah, both three-point shooting things. But I do think that perimeter shooting, you know, that was the thing that what was in the Eastern Conference Finals last when year. When Giannis he could improve, can shoot big.
1: beyond the perimeter, it is a it, it is when he does it and does it right. It's a thing of beauty. Oh uh, yeah. I get a lot of uh, Dirk Nowitzki in my head when he does that. You know, <laughs> a yeah. big man that can hit it from the outside. If he can hit it more consistently. That'd be fantastic we're broadcasting live down here at good city brewing if you want to come by and say hi obviously a big crowd in here tonight come on by it's the hometown advantage analysis presented by network health after sunday's win against phoenix the bucks now 23 and 3 at the five forum this season we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back it's the milwaukee basketball hour presented by upian abraham we'll be back right after this Welcome back. It is the uh, Milwaukee Basketball Hour. We're down here at Good City Brewing, and we are glad you are on board. It's presented by Hoopie and Abraham, and Hoopie and Abraham got to say thanks to them for being a part of the program, as well as always. Also, our friends from Network Health, ProStar Services, the Wisconsin Athletic Hall of Fame, and Lambie Sports Management, as well. You want to follow us on the social media platforms? It's MKE B Ball Hour. That's MKE B Ball Hour, and uh, talking about the home court advantage. Look. Uh, <laughs> The Bucks have been as good at home as they've been on the road. I mean, they've only got four losses on the road, three losses at home. You know, the Pfizer Forum has been damn near packed every night. I, one of the things I was talking about, Steve, is there's a lot of casual fans that now the Packer season is over, they're kind of looking over the fence. Um, we, we watch it, but if to a fan, to somebody that's just kind of sitting out there saying, you know, why do I want to pay attention to Bucks basketball? I mean, after yeah. last season, I think a lot of people are going, okay, get to the finals and wake me up, you know? Um, yeah. And we'll be joined by Pat Connaughton coming up here momentarily. But I, there's, a, there's a lot of, like we had talked about, a lot of team basketball, a lot of team play that, that is enjoyable to watch with this team thus far.
2: You're right. And, and, and that is absolutely why I think they have had the record they've had on the road, even more so than at home. I think at home you can draw from, you know, other energy. But the way that, that this team has played as a group, You can watch 82 regular season basketball games, and you can truly be entertained the entire time. I mean, think about NBA basketball, that's a lot of games. Right. And it is a pleasure, I feel like, to watch every game because they're making the right plays. Guys are doing things that you don't see all over the league. Giannis Tendekumpo is the the Greek freak for a reason, so he's doing things that you might not even like basketball. And you're going to see Giannis dunk over someone, jump over somebody. Do something special, but to me, the guys that really have watched basketball for forever—if you say I'm a huge basketball fan—you can tell they like each other. You can tell they're having a good time, and they're playing the right way. So it—it's—it's it's just a—a a great form of basketball, and you know, it, for all the—the the people that I think sometimes knock NBA basketball or say too much three-point shooting, this team is doing it on the interior. They're shooting the mid-range. They're shooting it from the perimeter. It really is, in my opinion, the best example of basketball that's that's going on in the NBA right now. I,
1: I saw a good play last night. It was in speaking of Pat, who's here, and, and we'll get him on the air momentarily. But uh, they dished the ball around. Lopez had a shot from the outside, didn't take it. They kept passing. Giannis got the ball down low, kicked it back out. Finally, it gets all the way back around the perimeter, I think four or five passes. And Pat gets it on a quick give-and-go underneath the hoop and just drops it in for a layup. But... I'm thinking to myself: He had numerous opportunities for a three. Giannis had an opportunity for a dunk, and they just kept passing the ball around. When you talk about the ability, to, you know, because if you look at the college game, they praise that in the college game. Right. You don't see that in the NBA game. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the NBA game, it's usually down the floor, one pass, shoot, down back down the other end. It, it's
2: it's more of a higher pace game. Last night, I didn't see a lot of that. No, you're right, and and it's it's demoralizing. You know, I think when when you know you're going to do the scouting report on the milwaukee bucks we are we're going to play them tonight and these are the things that we need to take away and you figure out okay we need to double team Giannis when he puts the ball down on his first dribble we got to make sure we stay close to the perimeter guys and so on and so on and so on but then when the game starts you're you're doing those things but the bucks continue to make the right plays and i think that's what you just continue to see i feel like even from the beginning of the season to now is it's demoralizing when you're a defense that knows you're doing the right things. You're double-teaming Giannis, but he's making the right play. And to have the Bucks, I think, really show that they're capable of continuing to play that way consistently, it really is, it really is impressive. And, you know, look, when you got the best record in the league, there's more than one thing going right, and they can win in a lot of ways. That, that's what's fun to me. It can be ugly, it can be pretty, it can be an offensive shootout, it can be defense, but a lot of teams are having trouble finding ways to beat the Milwaukee Bucks, it's hard to beat this team. Just think about seven-game series. It's hard to beat them right well, now.
1: Well, the one thing that, that I think people overlook is this team can score from many different you know, avenues. But the one thing that they also do is they play really good defense. You start to look at the statistics, they're, they're, they're really where they were last year, and they were one of the best defensive teams in the league last
2: year. And then just think about the game last night against the Pelicans with Zion. Zion was 5-for-19 from the field, and you're talking about a guy who – is supposed to be getting his way whenever he wants to and five of 19 but five of 16 in the restricted area think about zion williamson going five for 16 in the restricted area it's because of Giannis, brooke lopez robin lopez guys like urson keeping their body in the right spots drawing charges the bucks are the best interior defensive team it is not even close between when it comes to brooke robin and Giannis and the activity that they have around the rim zion was the perfect example last night when you have the highest percentage shot in basketball in the restricted area at the rim, and the three best, almost the three best in the entire league, defending right in front of that rim. It's hard to it's hard to beat this team if they're shooting the ball at a at a reasonable clip. What do you think of Zion? You know, he he is <laughs> at that size to move the way he does to have that, and I keep hearing about his second jump to have that second jump like he does. I mean, he he's special. I think to move at his size, be 285, 290. Yeah. And he looks like Barkley, but in guard form at times, you kind of go. I mean, if this is real, and he's going to develop, and if he's going to stay healthy—that's just it. If he's going to stay healthy and develop, yeah. I mean, he's shooting the ball from the perimeter better than you know most big men. He's right. got a nice stroke. He's lefty. He's bigger than guys. He's got so many unorthodox things going for him in his game that you know defensively, I just out how, to guard how him. long.
1: I don't know how long that that you know because of the way he was touted coming into the league. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's a star power there, but I just I, I don't know how how easy that's going to work. We're going to throw a throw a headset on the man. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us up here at the table, Pat Connaughton of the Milwaukee Bucks is here. You good? Oh, how,
0: how are, are you, are been, brother? Man? I'm good. I'm good. Appreciate you guys having me. Are you uh you ready to go for next weekend? Uh, absolutely. am yeah? Getting all my dunk tips from Steve. Wait, wait, oh, wait. You?
2: What's next weekend? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've gotten all my dunk tips from you.
2: The dunk contest, baby, yes. If he's learned from me, it's going to probably won't be your, your, your best dunk contest. I actually saw some YouTube clips of you doing some some dunks, and I would I would uh, recommend you probably lean towards some of those that you had done in the past and not towards what I taught you. And you do remember the ones I taught you. We're on eight on an 8-foot hoop, so it might be different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I was yeah.
0: going to see if they could let me go on an 8-foot hoop to oh. make it a little more interesting, you
1: know? Yeah, I mean, you can <laughs> ask. Are you Are you considering props? First and foremost. Uh,
0: yeah, I got a, I got a few ideas. You're not like pulling
1: a Blake Griffin jumping over a car or anything like that. No,
0: no, I'm not, uh, I'm not gonna do that. Unless maybe Kia wants to throw me a sponsorship. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, otherwise, I got uh, a few other things that I may or may not jump over and, and use to my advantage. Are you excited? Yeah, very much so. Yeah? I think it should be fun. I mean. Uh, I used to watch the dunk contest as a kid, so to now be one of the four guys in it, I think is pretty cool. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: just it, four guys. That's it. It's not like you got ten guys that are running around out there. I mean, you got three, three to beat. Three to
2: beat.
0: Three to beat. Three to beat. Anybody, anybody, twenty-five uh, percent chance. That's right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> anybody, anybody, you're worried about. So it's you, Dwight Howard, Aaron Gordon, and Derrick Jones Jr. Anybody you kind of you're thinking, ah, I'm a little worried about that guy. Are you just are you staying in your lane? You're working on what you're doing.
0: Uh, I think you know. Aaron Gordon obviously had some of the crazy dunks a few years ago and didn't win, so there might be a little bit of uh, crowd pull for him. But I'm hoping we can, uh, you know, really hit the heartstrings of the crowd and try to play the underdog story and, uh, you know, play it up and have some fun with it and, and maybe come back with some hardware. Now, Now
1: you've got a Chicago base, yep. but you're wondering how many Bucks fans are going to travel and, and want to witness this. Yeah. You know? So you're relying on the Bucks fans.
0: I'm relying on the Bucks fans. I mean, they are the best fans in the league, so yeah. we got to keep relying on them.
1: We were going to talk about the home court advantage before you got here, and you can't, I mean, you got four losses on the road, three losses at home. I mean, anywhere you play, it's been really good. But what has it been? What is the mentality? What is the confidence when you come in to the serve and, and come back home and the way things have grown basketball-wise here in this city and the state?
0: Uh, I, mean, I think kind of like you said, we, we have confidence wherever we play. We just enjoy playing at home better because of the fans that fill the building each and every single night, and uh, they kind of add that extra, you know, boost of adrenaline. I think even some of the games we lost at home, we're very disappointed that we lost because we we're able to build up a great lead at the beginning of the game with the you know help of the fans, and then um, you know we weren't able to finish like we wanted to.
2: And I mean, it feels like you guys can win every game, whether it's on the road, whether it's at home. And the conversation just keeps coming up about, oh, I'm pace for 70 wins, and there's been a 73-win team and 72-win team. Does it matter at all in the locker room? Do you guys even, do you care? Is it something you go, we really want to win 70 games? Or is it something that's a complete byproduct of the way if you continue to do things? may happen, may not.
0: Uh, I think it's a a byproduct. I mean, obviously, winning 70 games would be really cool because, like you mentioned, there hasn't been many teams to do it. But I think we've kind of built this season and started with it last season upon one game at a time mentality And I think if we're able to continue with that approach, we'll see where we end up at the end of the year I mean our we have a bigger goal in mind Um, winning 70 games is great But I mean you saw when the Warriors won 70 games they didn't win the NBA championship so for us it's about making sure that we play each game the way that we know we're capable of, and as the season comes to an end, we'll lean on Coach for how he wants to handle that and try to make sure we get ready for the playoffs and hopefully a deep playoff run.
1: Well, we talked to Coach earlier today, and one of the things I asked him, I said, what would you learn from last year to this year? And he said, he coaching-wise, you know, obviously you take some things away schematically, but he said the one thing that he's noticed out of this team is you guys went from a team to get to an Eastern Conference Finals with the hopes of making a final to where he feels you have now this you went through it. You've medaled it. You, you're, you got a championship medal now. Do you feel that in that locker room now? That yeah. you guys just believe that you're, you're going to go there?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a mixture of all of us that were a part of it last year have the experience of going to an Eastern Conference Final in which, you know, really, I mean, maybe only one or two of the players that played last year had ever gone that far in the playoffs before. Uh, but it's also one of those things where, We brought in a few guys with experience as well. So I think our depth is, uh, you know, deeper than it was last year. And I think our experience is deeper than it was last year. And you couple those two things together, I think we're kind of built for that type of, you know, run in the playoffs.
2: And and when it comes to Coach Bud and obviously talking about how many games you guys have won, I mean, this is a guy who, he won, he had a 60-win season when he was in Atlanta. 60 wins last year, 43 out of the first 50 this year. You hear so much legendary mythical things about coach bud and the way that the team goes to dinner and the way that he coaches you guys and the way that he you know uses the medical staff and really listens and helps you guys with your bodies what are what are some things i guess that you just really appreciate when it comes to coach bud You played for a lot of coaches whether it's high school college nba now what, what is it about him that makes him i guess you know have have guys talk so highly about playing for him
0: uh i think it's the the culture that he builds um and I say that because I think there are a lot of things involved in what makes Coach Bud so great at what he does and what makes us want to play so hard for him night in and night out. Um, you know, that culture of, yes, it's a team, but sometimes in the NBA, um, you know, that team word is used loosely. There are guys at different points in their lives, there are guys at different points in their, you know, they have families, they have kids, they don't. You don't hang out with guys as much as you did in college when it's a controlled environment And you're all in the same age grade group and that sort of thing I think with coach being able to do and making sure he implements the team dinners on away game. I mean Everybody on the team enjoys hanging out with one another. We enjoy doing activities with one another it brings back that team family type concept and when you're out on the floor when you're in between the lines on the 94 feet uh, and you're playing with the guy next to you, it feels like you're playing for the guy next to you. It feels like you know, you're know you willing to go that extra mile because you have you know a friendship, an actual bond with the person next to you, and I think that's that culture that coach brings. And then, like you said, his expertise in making sure that everyone's body's fresh and it, knowing it's an 82-game season, it's a long year, and there are things that have to be done in order to make sure night in and night out we're ready to compete at the highest level. Going to go ahead and
1: take a quick break. That is also the Hometown Advantage analysis presented by Network Health, your Hometown Advantage health plan. We're going to go ahead and get out of here for a second, come back. We are broadcasting live down here the Milwaukee Basketball Hour presented by Hupe and Abraham at Good City Brewing across from the Fiserv Forum. We've got more right after this. Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Hockey Basketball Hour presented by Hoopie and Abraham. We are broadcasting live at Good City Brewing, and we thank them for hosting this program and being a part of the program as well. The Hoopie and Abraham Injury Report. George Hill, the only guy on it, thank God, and he's got a hammy. Hopefully that recuperates uh, rather quickly and comes back after the All-Star break. Don't forget the next show is going to be Friday night, February 21st, at Concordia University. So the students of Concordia, I'm sure, are going to turn out in droves for that one. And the guest is a TBA, but nevertheless, uh, welcome back to the Milwaukee Basketball Hour. Pat Connaughton, our guest, Steve Novak alongside. So we were talking about uh, th- this team, and we were talking about, uh, you know, obviously the home court advantage, but you guys have played. You-, you talk about the team dinners and playing really well on the road, but, Pat, we were discussing before you got here, Everybody, and I had Coach Butt on today, and everybody's got a role, and it seems like everybody's accepted it. Everybody knows it better this year. It seems like it, it doesn't have to be. Giannis is a tremendous player. There's no doubt about it, but it doesn't have to be the Giannis show because it seems like everybody, whether it's yourself or DiVincenzo or Kyle Korver,
0: everybody's got a role, and everybody's been contributing. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest part about that is everyone enjoys playing with each other, and I think – that has made it even more enjoyable i mean we got guys that will step up any given night but part of the you know thing george and i and the bench mob had pride itself on is it doesn't matter what we're doing that night the energy the effort the defense the things that have to be there will always be there but the scoring could be coming from anybody the shooting could be coming from anybody on any given night and i think that's what makes us dangerous
2: Uh, i mean just to think about the contributions that have happened it's sort of irritating to me honestly like you being in the dunk contest, I go, thank God. The Milwaukee Bucks deserve to be able to showcase not only Giannis and Chris in the All-Star Game, but you should be in the dunk contest, and you are. And I think it's so great. Chris Middleton in the skills competition. But what about Dante DiVincenzo? This guy is playing great. He's not in the Rising Stars game. You don't think Eric Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez should have at least had a bigger look at the All-Star Game? And it's for the reasons you guys are both saying. I think don't punish Eric Bledsoe and Brooke Lopez for what you just explained. Going out there and doing exactly what the team needs that night. And so when you are the best team in the NBA, if you're a mediocre team, you don't get to say this. You don't get to say, right. you know, we deserve to have three, four guys in the All-Star game. But if you have the best record in the league, how are, how are you going to tell me that those guys aren't doing what is most needed, most helpful for their team? And just because you're winning by a, a bigger margin than anybody in NBA history, and you're resting in the fourth quarter, the minutes are lower and the production's down, you go, ah, there's some other guys out there that are right. a little bit sexy for the All-Star game. So I do think that... The Bucks, you guys probably love the fact that you're under the radar a little bit, but there are some guys, yourself included, that I, I just think need to continue to be recognized. And I love hearing right now when they say, the East is wide open. Yeah. What do you think about that when you hear? I mean, do, the, do you guys care in the locker room, or is it they say, I mean, you get 43 and 7, and yeah. they go, the East is wide open this year?
0: Yeah, I mean, Wh- we, we what don't does really, that mean? we try not to pay attention. I mean, to your point, how many All-Stars did the Warriors have when they had that, that season? What was it, four? Four. They had four of them. So I think, if anything, it just kind of adds to the chip on the shoulder, and that's kind of the mentality that we had last year. Uh, and, you know, this year, being at the top of the league, having the record that we have and being poised to try to make the run that we want to make, um, it just kind of adds to that chip, and that's something that internally, you know, it, it's gotten, we've gotten used to the, the lack of respect, if you will. Is that talked about? I mean,
1: you know, when, when something like that is stated or – you only get a couple in is that something that as a group you come together and say you know when we come back after this all-star break we we just want to tear it up or is it just a day-by-day day day, game-by-game basis
0: uh a mixture of both it definitely gets brought up i mean we all thought dante should have been in the rising stars we had a conversation about it in the locker room we thought bled should have been an all-star um and you know i think the list kind of goes on we got a bunch of guys that uh, george hill hopefully will be the sixth man of the year i mean there's plenty of accolades that we think um, guys on our team deserve, and, and mostly because we are, you know, playing as the best team in the league, and we hope to continue to do that, you know, from since we started day one of the season, hopefully until the last day of the season uh, commences. But you know, at the same time, we understand that we have to focus on the task at hand and being able to say those things. This should happen. This should happen. Whether it does or doesn't, we can't let it sway our production and our ability to put the team first which is what we've done so well i i gotta ask you about Bledsoe. last year rough towards the end
1: it seems like he has shed everything from last year and has come back with a vengeance to play now we all know everybody's waiting for the postseason to see what happens but has his mentality i mean he's just been night in and night out steady and a beast yeah i
0: mean the nature of the bled beast as we call it i mean he's uh he's a guy that's capable of you know putting up huge numbers like steve said he doesn't have to on this team but when he's aggressive you know we're a different team and when he's able to go downhill he's able to be in attack mode he has obviously the athleticism and strength but he has you know the basketball iq to make plays not just for himself but for other people as well and i think that's uh you know something that he's learned from last year i mean Obviously, there are guys that are going to play scouting reports, and as the playoff comes along, you play the same team four, five, six, seven times, um, you know, you start to know everyone's tendencies better than you even did before. But, uh, you know, when he's in attack mode, I don't think there's anybody in the league that can stay in front of him with his, you know, size and strength combination.
1: I, I, I'm going to jump in here one more thing. But uh, last, I was, I was telling Steve this when you were sitting over there taking some pictures, that last night I'm watching, when we talk about selfishness, and the way the NBA game is kind of played. Then last night I watched Giannis get a pass down low, kicks it back out. Lopez has a wide open three, kicks it around. The whole thing, it's like five or six passes and you end up getting a layup under the basket. When you talk about team basketball, it, that's almost college team basketball, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, when you can... Because you had two threes open during that sequence and nobody take it. They give it to you down low. Yeah.
0: I mean, we, we want to get the best shot that we can and... The first shot isn't always the best shot. Sometimes it is on our team when Giannis is creating or when Bled is creating. But at the end of the day, when we're moving the ball side to side, we get from one side of the floor to the other side of the floor, You know, every time it touches a sideline, as we call it, we're going to be that much harder to guard. And when you have guys that have the physical talent uh, that we do have um, and you, you know add in the ball movement, I think it just makes it that much more of a lethal combination.
2: Uh, it, it just is awesome to watch you know because I think like Pat you had said look team is used a little bit loosely in the, in, in the NBA at times and I think to be able to see it's been proven by you guys that you're going to be willing to play that way because it's always talking about we got to move the ball we got to get the right shot and whatever and what you just explained it being you might have a good shot in the beginning of the shot clock but then the IQ kicks in then there's veteran guys where it kicks in and they really understand the need to are we need to control the game at this time we need to you know, just really get the ball to like pass up two open threes and get had a nice uh, good look down low to get a guy going I think that the IQ of this team is unique and they can win in so many ways but when you are unselfish and you have a high basketball IQ I think teams that go against you guys no matter what they were talking about this earlier have on the scouting report once the game starts when you have a high IQ veteran basketball team you're dangerous you're a nightmare to play against and I feel like watching every single game of the season you just see it you guys are getting better and better because you continue to play together. You continue to prove to one another that you're willing to make the right play. And I think about a guy, too, in Brooke Lopez, who seems to always be in the right spot defensively. I watch you. I watch Bledsoe. I watch Dante chasing guards around the tops of screens. And there's Brooke Lopez just backing up, backing up, backing up, protecting that rim. And you can just see, even on the defensive end, you guys have such good communication. Is there, is there a, a trust level at this point between the guards and the bigs that you just know if you do your job that the big fellows are going to be in this spot. Because it seems like you're blindly doing things at times, but then it seems to always work out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, you know, Brooke had nine blocks the other night. You know, Robin has the ability to be a factor at the rim. But the thing that impresses me mo- most about both of them and about Giannis is the plays that they make when they don't get a block. There's not a statistical category to mark down for them, but... The things that they help cover up when we're chasing J.J. Redick, we're chasing guys off screens. I mean, pick and roll in the NBA is one of the biggest um, you know, plays run uh, run most, and uh, it's tough to guard. I mean, it's run most because it's the hardest thing to guard, and when you have a guy like Brooke Lopez who's back at the rim who has my back, I have a lot more confidence to Chase over a screen, try to make a review contest, try to block a shot on a jump shot, do those types of things. That's going to disrupt the great shooters like JJ and other guys that can do it off the bounce. Uh, but it's all because Brooks back there. It's all because Robin and Giannis are back there. It's all because we have those guys that are willing to sacrifice on the defensive end in order to make us a great team. Because that's where Coach wants us to start, and that's where we all believe we should start on the defensive end.
1: If you want to find us, it's MKE B-Ball Hour on all the social media platforms. We're broadcasting live down here at Good City Brewing. we got the final segment of the Milwaukee Basketball Hour coming up next. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Welcome back. We are broadcasting live here at Good City Brewing. If you want to come down and say hi or you want to stop by here before or after a Bucks game or a Marquette game or any game for that matter down here, Stop on by. It's right across the street from the Pfizer Forum in the Deer District, and they've got some terrific food and a lot of crap brews. So come on by. We are also brought to you by our good friends at Hupie and Abraham, Network Health, uh, Pro Star Services, the Wisconsin Athletic Hall of Fame, and Lammy Sports Management. Getting ready for All-Star Weekend coming up next week. And no show next week. The week after that, Friday night, February 21st, we will be at Concordia University. Looking forward to going there, but nothing next week because everybody's gone for the All-Star break. So, different rules this year for the All-Star game, for the three-point shooting contest, for the yep. uh, for the game itself. Yep. So, expound upon that, because I, I find the untimed fourth quarter, if you will, interesting.
2: It is interesting. I think it's uh, obviously part of it is going to be a, a tribute to Kobe Bryant, but the new format is going to be first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, all almost individual games. That'll be 12-minute games. And then whoever wins the Eastern or Giannis's team or LeBron's team, whichever team wins, will give $100,000 to their charity. And then in the fourth quarter, they will take the team that you take the cumulative score of the first quarter, second quarter, and third quarter. Whoever has the highest score through those three quarters, plus 24, because that was Kobe's number, will be the target score. So if after three quarters, one team has scored 100 points, it'll be 100 points plus 24. 124 will be the target score. No clock and they'll play to 124. So somebody has to hit a game winner, which I like. I like the tribute to Kobe. Um, and the winner of that fourth quarter, or call it the entire game at that point, will give will get 200000 for their charity. So $500,000 total given to charity for the game with the target score, which I like because someone has to hit a game winner. The clock doesn't just run out of your head. Pat, what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, I like it. I like, uh, I'm a fan when the NBA tries to figure out um, you know, new ways to get everything, get people involved, but, but more importantly, um, you know, changes up a little bit. I think it, it adds to the creativity of the guys in the league uh, office. I think it adds, uh, you know, a different form of competition for the guys playing in it. Uh, and I think in this particular instance, like you said, because somebody has to uh, hit a game winner, I think it adds a little bit of, you know, street ball to it, which I think uh, seeing NBA guys play a little bit of street ball will be pretty fun
1: um you mentioned kobe and the tribute to kobe there's going to be a lot of that coming up next weekend um now i know last week it was kyle korver that was here we did not get a chance to chat pat you know obviously steve you did but the news hit we were standing in line going through security for super bowl when it hit when we found out and it just spread i mean nobody could believe it so give me your thoughts and your reaction to the passing of kobe bryant
0: uh i mean i think like a lot of guys have said you can't really put words to it it doesn't seem real um you know, Kobe was a guy that could fight through anything. He willed himself to win. So uh, I think a lot of the reason it doesn't seem real uh, is because uh, of the way it it happened. You know, the tragic, the quick, the all of a sudden he's gone type type way. Um, but you know, he was a guy that touched a lot of lives, uh, not just in basketball, but away from basketball. I was fortunate to be a rookie his last year in the NBA so I was fortunate to see him play I was fortunate to be on the same court as him for a brief time and uh you know to watch how he took his craft and watch how people wanted to emulate it um that aura around him I think is what made him seem like a superhero uh which is another reason it seems so hard to believe that uh what happened happened uh, but I think the way that he carried himself off the floor as a, you know, a family man and as a businessman uh, was kind of a gateway for players uh, of today's NBA to follow in his footsteps to understand, yes, he's he was Kobe Bryant, so his name uh, in the business world or as a family man uh, might carry a little more weight. But, um, you know, there's ways to get involved in things outside of basketball, uh, and there's ways to take the same approach that we take every day to be great in basketball off the floor as well
2: well said and i mean i think that the one thing i took away after the the shock which i wouldn't say has even worn off yet but when you realized kobe was actually gone was you you started to really to see kobe like you just said he inspired so many people and i and i was finding people were parents while i was driving my kids off at school were coming up to me and saying, I know you played against them, and I know you might have met them, or you knew them, and kind of thing, and they would go, but but but, and tell me how they uh, impacted their husband or them, and they were crying and they were emotional, and you were like, it was. You didn't have to play against Kobe to be inspired right. by him, the M- Mamba mentality and the work ethic he had, and I think even just, you know, watching him win championships and seeing the the hardships that he went through and the injuries, and it, it was, it was eye opening to see that he inspired and touched that many people that. He never met. Who were saying, "I didn't meet him," and almost apologizing. And I was going, "You just realized that many people had a personal connection, memory, attachment to Kobe Bryant."
0: Yeah, and I think you know the unfortunate part is obviously when something like that happens, um, you know that's it, for something like that to happen. It then gathers people together about it. I think it kind of shows you know Kobe should have been celebrated before this this you know tragedy, but. He was in a lot of ways, but I don't think – I think this kind of magnified the effect that he had, um, and it's an unfortunate that's the way, obviously, it, it, it happened. But um, if anything, I think it will, um, you know, help people kind of understand, um, you know, to pay tribute to, to the great people and the great, yeah. uh, you know, basketball players, etc., cetera, um, while they're watching it.
1: I, I just thought that, you know, obviously they were flying, but it, it, it was a group of people going to play a basketball game. You know, uh, it's, it's, you, you never want to see an accident like that take place. But it, the man was still doing something regarding the game of what he just absolutely loved. And it, it's a shame to have his daughter with him. But it, it, he shared so much with her. I mean, so many pictures of them courtside and together and shooting hoops. And, you know, they, it's not just a sport. It was a bond for father and daughter. It's a bond for, you know, I mean, for all of us that have taken yeah. kids to the game. I mean, he shot hoops with my daughter when I first came to town. Uh, wow. Years ago him at Ray Allen had set it up for my daughter's birthday So he came out walking out of the tunnel dribbling. It was just him. You know how it is before a game yeah. guys yeah. and you're down there a couple of guys are putting microphones and such up and My daughter was there with me. I was doing a little work and it, we set it up But out comes Ray and gave her the ball and then here comes Kobe and so they shot they played horse On the court and that's the kind of guy he was he just Absolutely. wanted to come out and, and, and show it off So uh, I know we're running up against the clock here. Best of luck next week uh, sure. Any any hint as to what it is you've got in store? <laughs>
0: uh, I'm still working on it a little bit. Okay, I got to get, get some things uh, approved by my friends over at the NBA. Um, okay, but I got some ideas. I mean, try to incorporate some of uh, uh, you know some things that are organic to me, uh, organic to probably yeah, the underdog story that may be. Uh, uh, Forming uh, in a social media cape, world. man, I'm buying one. Yeah. I'll say that right now. I appreciate it. So, uh, <laughs> he's taking suggestions. We'll, we'll see fun. how it goes. We'll yeah. try to incorporate some some people from wear the, the city of Milwaukee. Yeah. We'll, 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 get, we'll have some fun with it. It'll be a okay. show. We'll put on a show. I'm looking like forward it. to it.
1: If you do it and open a beer in the air now, now <laughs> we're talking. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Steve, you, are you got to the week off now? you uh, going to take it easy after the final game before the All-Star break, or are you heading down to Chicago?
2: Well, no. I, uh, as, a, as a retired NBA player, uh, my wife demands that we still have All-Star break, and my broadcast schedule allows since they're not playing, and so yeah. I continue to act like I'm on All-Star break as well. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, as you should. You deserve you it. I you deserve. Know, it's kind of tough for you. You're right. You're actually a part of All-Star week, and it used to be the joke was it's non-All-Star week, and all the All-Stars go play,
0: and they work, and they've right. done.
2: The rest of us go to Hawaii. Right. <laughs> you actually have to go, you got to go work. There you I go. know, I know. There you go. But
0: hey, uh, I'm fortunate to be able to, to be a part of it. Time for us
1: to get out of here. Find us on all the platforms. MKE Ball Hour. Thanks to Hupi and Abraham Network Health, ProStar Services, the Wisconsin Athletic Club, and Lambie Sports Management. Time for us to go. Have a going.
0: Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.